Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is your brother Mikail Ahmed Smith here from Qalam. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures that we will always be able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of lis- listeners, so the support you give to this community in this effort brings immense reward. You never know who will benefit from your donation. Assalamu alaikum. I think y'all know the dua I'm read next. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa man yuhibbuk wa amalan yuqarribuna ila hubbik. O oh Allah, we ask you for your love. We ask you for the love of those who love you. And we ask you to put in our hearts a love for those actions which will bring your love. Um, and that dua, although we've been reading it from the beginning of our series, that dua really connects with what we were studying last week. And it definitely is going to connect with the subject and content for which we're studying tonight. Um, again, we're continuing tonight our discussion and reading of Jawab al-Kafi, which is Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah's remedy for someone who's addicted to a sin. Remedy for someone who's stuck in some type of sin that they can't get out of. And all of us are stuck in different types of sins that we can't get out of. And so someone wrote this letter to him saying, what is the cure for this sickness that I have? How do I get out of it? And alhamdulillah, because of that one question, we have this book here before us that we've been studying for the last um, 18 classes now. Um, and what we learned last week um, is regarding the power of love. The power of love. And how important it is to regulate, understand, and control your loves. Again, regulate, understand, and control your love. Because ultimately what's happening when you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you're allowing the love of something else to trump and come overpower that love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he was teaching us and speaking to us about learning how to uh, prioritize our love. Prioritize our love and make sure that love of Allah is overpowering everything else. And today, inshallah, is a continuation of that, inshallah. Tayyibin, inshallah, insta'ideen. Bismillah. The author, he says... Al-Mahbub Qisman. He says the things that you could fall in love with are, are of two types in this world. The things that you can fall in love with are of two types in this world. Mahbub li nafsihi wa mahbub li ghayrihi. The things you can fall in love with will fall in one, either one of two categories. Number one, mahbub li nafsihi. Something that you love because of itself. Something that you love because of there's some intrinsic aspect that you love that thing specifically. Linafsihi. Right? And if you don't understand that, maybe you'll understand it better by the second category. The second category is mahbub li ghayrihi. Something you love because of its relationship to something else. Right? Something you love because of its relationship to something else. It's not that thing that I love specifically but it's rather the relationship it has with something else that I love, that I love that thing. So he says, anything you fall in love with in this world will be of one of these two categories. He says, and in reality, my children are too loud, they close the door. Thank you. Okay, so I, like, I can prepare with them yelling. Like, I can get ready for the class, but I can't deliver the class like that. And he says, in reality, if you look at it, even the things that you love because of something else, they must ultimately lead to something that you love intrinsically. Or else, if it wasn't the case, he says, He says, it will lead to infinite regress. Like, if you love this thing because of its relationship to something else, and then that second thing is because of something else. 
And it just keeps going, going, going. So what he says is ultimately, there has to be that one. So subhanAllah, the way you can look at this is the same way we look at the creation. Why does there have to be a creator? Because if you were to say that there was something before the creator that caused that effect, then there would need to be something that causes the effector. Y'all feel me? Like, have you ever heard the sniper example? I drop this on the Qalim students all the time. You ever heard the sniper example? I, 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 can I share it? I'm going to share it. Yo, the sniper example is the best example. Alright, imagine this. Imagine you're a sniper. Alright? Y'all with me? And, and you got orders. The orders are like, you know, whatever, 10-4, when you get the target. When you get the target, let us know when the target's in your sight. Right? So you're there, you get the target in your sight, and you're like, Roger, got him. Can I shoot? Right? And then the one behind you on the radio is like, one second, negative. Let me get a confirmation on that. So that guy above you calls his senior. And he goes, Roger, we got him in our sights. Can we pull the trigger? He goes, uh, negative. Let me get a confirmation on that. So he calls his senior. And he goes, we got him in our sights. Can we shoot? Goes negative, let me get a confirmation on that. You get the point, it goes back infinitely. Will the bullet ever be shot? No. It won't. Never. It can't be shot. Because it goes back infinitely. It goes back infinitely. You feel me? So, so the point of that example is just the concept that every cause, every effect needs a cause to bring that in. Like the dominoes happening need a hand outside of the chain of dominoes in order for, the, for it all to begin. You can't have another domino because then you would need another domino and another domino. There has to be something outside of the chain of dominoes in order to get that whole thing going. So he says love is the same way. Love is the same way. That you can love something, right, for, for some feeling it gives you or for some other thing. But ultimately love has to go back to something that has nothing else besides it to be loved for. Listen, so what he says, he says, And he says, listen closely, everything that you love, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you love that thing because of its relationship to something else. There is nothing you love because of its intrinsic value, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He goes forward, he says, Again, saying the same thing, that it all follows after. You love the angels, you love the prophets, you love the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, all of this follows the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he says, this point, pay attention, he says, He's like, listen, this is something you really got to pay attention to. This is a point you really have to understand deeply. He says, listen, once you understand that everything you love goes back to something else, except for the love that you have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, once you understand that and you truly think over this point, he says, this will give you the ability to differentiate between a positive, beneficial love and a negative, harmful love. Something that you love that's, that's negatively affecting you. Something that you love that is going to bring harm to you. He says, once you realize that it's... So what he's telling us is study the things that you love. Study the things that you love. And, and figure out, realize why it is that you love them. So next thing he says, he says, now he goes into this side. This is actually very beautiful. So now he actually goes into, um, I'll just wait because he's taking serious notes over here. Like, <laughs> Yo, moi, there's a thermostat on that side. Can you, right outside the door. Choose love. Dang, shirt. What's up, bro? MashaAllah. See a shirt? Representing the Holocaust, right? <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, you Inshallah. <laughs> now, now remember, he said there's two types of love. Sa'id. Does everyone understand these two types before I go forward? No, seriously. Fahmt? Like one thing you love because of its relationship to something else. And one thing, another thing you love because of it itself. And he's saying in reality, the only thing that you will ever love because of it itself is Allah. Now listen to what he says. He says, He goes back to the first point, which is understand that there is only, he says, anything that you love because of itself, it's because of some intrinsic or necessary perfection in that thing. Meaning that that perfection doesn't come from out exterior. It doesn't come from anywhere but that thing itself. And he says, um, going forward, oh, this is beautiful. He says, And he says, and also, and we're going to come back to this point, and he says, and the things that you dislike and hate are going to be things that are opposed or in opposition to that beloved. All right, and we're going to come back to this point in more detail. We're going to come back to this point in more detail. And he says, the more, the more something is going against the thing that you love, is the more that you're going to dislike that thing. And the more something is in line with that which you love, the more you're going to be in love with that. Bahada mizan al adad. He says, these are the scales that you need to use in your life. He says, this is the scale you're going to use to determine whether you are a friend of Allah or you are an enemy of Allah. What is that scale again? He says, you loving that which is in line with the love of Allah and you disliking or hating that thing which is opposed to Allah. Look what he says next. فَإِذَا رَأَيْنَا شَخْصًا When we see someone, يُحِبُّ loving مَا يُكْرَهُ الْرَبْ Loving that which Allah dislikes. وَيُكْرِهُ And this person dislikes that which Allah loves. عَلِمْنَا We understand from this. أَنَّ فِيهِ Inside this person is opposition to God according to how much they dislike what Allah likes and likes what Allah dislikes. Y'all with me? And then he says, When you see someone, They love what Allah loves. And they dislike what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes. And every time something is more beloved to Allah, it is more beloved to them. And every time something is more hated to Allah, it is more hated to them. Look what he says. We know this person is a friend of Allah. You know what's so profound? He says, He's like, hold on to this rule, guys. What is the rule? We're not looking at actions. We're not looking at what you're doing. We're looking at where your heart is. We're looking at where your love is, where your hate is. We're not looking at whether you made it to Fajr. We're looking at whether you love the Fajr or not. You see the difference? Listen to what he says next. He says, Hold on to this inside of yourself and in regards to others. What is wilaya? What is wilaya? You know what a wali of Allah is? A friend of Allah. Allah says, Rasul said, like the friend of Allah, لو أقسم على الله like if he says something, it's like that. That's his relationship. He says, wilaya. What is wilaya? What is friendship with God? He says, it's a term which means that you love the same thing God loves and you hate the same thing Allah hates. It's not a lot of salah and it's not a lot of fasting. It's not about a lot of prayers. It's about where your heart is where your loves are. And I found this to be so beautiful because, you know, I think it was Imam Abu Hanifa who used to say in, po in a poem, um, the poem was, Allahumma um, salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. 
This is a poem Imam Abu Hanifa used to say. I love the righteous people, but I'm not one of them. Perhaps through my love for them, Allah will make me one of them. Perhaps, like, I'm not, I'm not one of those dudes for tahajjud, yo. I love those people who wake up for tahajjud, yo. That sister's no joke, man. I love Fatima, man. I'm not hating on Fatima. Nah, I love her. I'm not at that level, but I love her. I'm not at that level, but I love that brother rocking the sunnah right there. You feel me? So in the dangerous part about the time we live in, it's like we really are attacked about what we love. and You know what I'm saying? Like that's where the real battlefield is. That keeping your love on those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Tayyip, fahim to him inshaAllah. Any questions on this one? It's not about the actions. It's about where your love is. You know, it's like I was thinking about this since last week. And if you go to the masjid and start looking... You know when you love somebody, the, quir the quirky nuances of that person, when they're not around, you miss it. You know how you and your siblings got like jokes about mom? Mom does some funny stuff. Like, like my mom, she's probably gonna watch this too. Like my mom will be singing a song but don't know the words. And she's singing the whole song but don't know none of the words. <laughs> And that's, she does that all the time. And me and my sister, like, that's our inside joke about mom. Right? I hope she does. She might see this. Please be live for her. Anyways, but what I'm trying to say is when you love somebody, even the... Hey, Karina, go to mommy. Thank you. When you love someone, those, those, those weird <coughs> things about them you love too. So what I started to notice is if you think about this topic and you go to the masjid, you like you see the shoes on the floor, like man, I love seeing the shoes on the floor, yo. You see that little kid running through the stuff, like it was Jim a little kid running, like y'all love that little dude, man. Cause that little dude reminds me of Salat. Those shoes on the floor remind me of the masjid. All those weird a wet uh, bathroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, for real. Like, you start to love those weird things and you're like, yo, the things I complain about are the, about the masjid are actually things that remind me about the beauty of the masjid. And I would actually miss it if there was no little kid running through here. You know what I mean? Like, you start to love those things. I'm telling you, Nashat. When you love someone, you start to fall in love with those weird things that only... And when you don't have it, you miss it. That's the key. Like, when you don't have mom no more, you miss those little things mom used to do. Right? When you don't have the masjid anymore, you be like, man. And you remember all those things connected to that masjid. So that was just something that, as we say, you loving something because of what it's connected to. And I told you last week that Majnoon, he used to love the dogs of the city of Layla. Because he said these, because he loved Layla. That's why he's Majnoon. But the dogs, the dogs of the city were beloved to him. The dogs of the city. And because she was dark complexion, he fell in love with, with darkness. Like anything black, he loved it. Loved it. I can't say it, my wife is looking at me. <laughs> I can't say it, I'm not, I'm gonna be good. MashaAllah, this is not. Alright, let's go forward. Because I got a, there's beautiful stuff I really want to cover, inshallah. Let's go forward. I was going to say something that's well known. I ain't going to say it. وَالْمَحْبُوبْ لِغَيْرِهِ قِسْمَانِ مَحْبُوبْ لِغَيْرِهِ There are two types of things that you love because of something else. Remember now, we're moving on. We talked about something you love in, because of its intrinsic value. It's only Allah. Now we move on to the second category. Things that you love because of their relationship. He says there's two categories of this. Number one. That which the lover, the, the, the thing that gives the lover pleasure by getting it. Simple. Right? The thing that gives the lover, the one in love with that thing, pleasure through that thing. Number one. 
yataladha, right? Gets ladha by getting it. Number two, ma yata'allamu bihi, that thing which hurts, hurts when you do it. Walakin yahtamilu, but you deal with it because it brings something that tastes really good, feels really good, or something you really enjoy. You get the two categories, right? And we spoke about the second category a bit. He says, Kashar bid dawa He's like, like taking that medicine that's very bitter. Taking that medicine that's very bitter. And he gives an example. He says, like Allah says in the Quran, Kutiba alaykum al qital wa huwa He says, Allah has ordained for you to fight when it's time to fight. Even though wa huwa you don't want to. Then Allah says, what? Asa an takrahu Perhaps you dislike something. Wa huwa khayrul lakum. And it's, but in fact, it's better for you. Perhaps you love something. But in reality, that thing is really harmful for you. Allah knows and you don't know. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in this verse that qital, fighting, was dis, is disliked. Although there was some benefit for them at that time. So listen closely to what he says next. What nufus. He says, our, our, ourselves, our nufus, our nafs. Tuhibbur raha loves ease. Wadda'at, like chilling. Warrafahia, like doing not just having luxuries. Our nafs, ourselves, we love that. Wadalika sharra laha. But in reality that ease is detrimental to you. Because it causes you to miss out on things that you truly love. Right? Like the Doritos example. You keep eating those Doritos, it's going to lead to you losing something you love. Your form. Right? You're going to lose that. That's what he's saying. Fal'aqib. He's like the intellectual person, the intelligent person. La yandur ila ladatil mahbub al-ajil fayu'athiruha. The intelligent person doesn't look at something that gives al-mahbub al-ajil the thing that you love at the given moment right now, he doesn't look at the current pain right now. He knows, I don't care about now because that doesn't determine what's better for me. He's like, if you live like that, you may bring the worst pains upon you. If you live in that way where you look at what gives me pleasure or pain right now, you may end up with the worst pains of all. He says not even of like a deen. He says the intelligent people of this world they take on themselves the difficulties because of the pleasures that come after them. So therefore, the situations are four types. There are four types of situations. Number one, a, a hardship that leads to another hardship. Number one. Number two, a hardship that leads to something good. Number three, something you love that leads to something you love. And something you love, number four, that leads to something that's going to harm you. So he says, He's like, yo, the, the thing that you love, so, so, so look, look at it this way. If you look at this example we're looking at, how, there were four, four types, right? What are they? What's the first one? Hardship. hardship right now that leads to hardship. Next one? Hardship that leads to something good. Number three? You love, it leads to... Right? It's mahbub. You love it right now, it leads to something you'll love. And the fourth one? So what he says, what you have to notice about this example before we read further, there's two things pulling at you. There's two things pulling in this equation. There's the right now, and then there's the thing coming up. Right? So here what he explains, he says, so the, so the thing... The good or thing you love now that leads to something you love. In this, there are two things pulling you. 
to this action. And so there's no problem there. You get what I'm saying? You love it now, I love the outcome, there's nothing pulling me. It's all going in the right direction. The second category is the thing you dislike that leads to something you dislike, same thing. I'm gonna stay away from it. Cause I don't like it now. I don't like coffee and I don't like what it does to me. I don't like the feeling. I ain't gonna drink it. Understand, Fahemt? He's like, you with me? I, I just don't agree with the coffee. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, coffee is the worst example, bro. Come on, man. Coffee is the mahboob. He led mahboob. Mahboob, he mahboob, right? Come on. Who can argue with that? If you want to argue, you can leave, yo. No, so you understand what he's saying? He's like, there's no conversation on those two. It's very clear. What's going on? There's no conversation on those two. He says, but here's the issue. There's two categories that are left. There's two categories left that are pulling you in opposite directions. And he's like, guess what? The whole concept of imtihan, the whole concept of you being tested by Allah are in these two, these two right here. Those other two are to the side, right? All that's left now is what, Ahmed? Mahboob, that leads to hardship. And the other way, a hardship that leads to mahboob. These two are where your whole, like, imtihan. What does imtihan mean? Test. The whole test of dunya lies in these two things. So he says, now there's three things that are fighting, okay? In these two examples, these two areas, there are three things fighting. He says, Number one, the nafs is always going to prefer the closest one. Remember we talked about the uh, instant gratification last week? And did you guys watch the YouTube thing? No one watched it. The marshmallows. marshmallows. Okay, anyways, if you didn't watch it, you should have watched it, it's pretty good. Um, the nafs basically, Imam Busaidi says in Qasidatul Burda, right? Oh, he's reading Rumi, now he's talking about Qasidatul Burda. Oh this dude's whack, yo. It's all good. Alright, yo, and Imam, Imam Busaidi says in Qasidatul Burda, an nafsu katifl. An nafs katifl. He says, your nafs is like a little child, like Qasim. He just walked in too. <laughs> your nafs is like Qasim, a little child. He says, if you wean it, it'll cry. But eventually it'll be weaned. That's your nafs. Like those Doritos, you're like, yo, I'm dying here. But after a while, the nafs becomes just like that child. So he says, the nafs always prefers that which is closest. The thing that's so beautiful is we just saw a study done showing how children cannot understand or comprehend delayed gratification. Right? That's what we talked about last week. Children cannot comprehend delayed If I tell him, right now, I'm going to give you two cookies later, don't eat this one cookie, he can't process that information. Right? We talked about that last week. Imam Busaidi, subhanAllah, before these present studies says the exact same thing. That your nafs is just like this child, it always prefers the thing that's closest, always. That's the nature of your nafs. The reason I'm telling you this is because you need to understand yourself. When you feel that desire to something, you gotta be able to label that and be like, ah, oh, nafs, you're trying to play me right now. No, seriously. Like, something pops up, something haram walks past, nafs is like, yo, it's right there. That's nafs. But look what he says next. Well aqal. Well iman you afiru an The intellect and faith don't care about proximity. It only cares about benefit. <coughs> I'm gonna say that again. Nafs only wants closest. It don't care if it's better or worse, it just wants closest. Aqal, intellect. It prefers and iman. Aqal and Iman always prefer what? Anfa'a wa abaqa. The one that is more beneficial and lasts longer. Wal qalb He says your qalb is in between both. Your qalb is sitting there like, 
that way, fighting that way, he doesn't know what to do. That's why I said there's three things here. Your qalb, your heart, is in between these two things, the aqal and the nafs. Fahamt? Alright, so he goes, huh? Aqal is intellect. The nafs. That's that lower self inside you that always wants to look at haram. Not you, I'm talking about me too. <laughs> then why are you looking at me? Now, Nashad, you get it though? No, no okay, look, Nashad. The nafs is that thing that always wants it to, fulfill, to be fulfilled. It wants another Dorito. It, it goes to the fridge and just opens it and looks at it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, y'all acting like y'all don't do that. It opens the fridge and just looks like. Not even hungry. Why are you putting your Doritos in the fridge? Yeah, I don't put my Doritos in the fridge. My bread is in the fridge. No inside joke. No, you, do you understand the nafs? Do you understand the nafs? Okay, the aqal is always at war with that nafs. But the heart is in the middle. Wherever the heart goes, you're, that's where you're at. Do you understand? Are they still talking about the bread in the fridge? <laughs> okay, let's keep going. There's a lot to cover. Listen to this. He says, He's like, listen, your aqal and iman is constantly unadi. Kulla wat. Keep coming, come, come, come. It's constantly calling to that, uh, to falah. It, it wants that. فَإِنِ اشْتَدَّ ظَلَامُ اللَّيْلَ الْمُحَبَّةِ وَتَحْكُمَ السُلْطَانِ الشَّحْوَ الْإِرَادَةِ يَقُولُ يَا نَفْسِ إِسْبِرِ He's like, if your shahwa and desires just starts to overpower you, and it becomes strong, the aql is the one saying to the heart, have patience, hold it. Hold it, hold it. Don't don't give in. Ya nafs, ispiri, ispiri. And it says, Famahiya illa sa'atan. That's it's only right now. They say, what do they say? A moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips. Yes. Right? It's like it's telling that the qalb, it's telling the qalb like it's just a moment. Don't give in to it. Hold back. Fahamt, inshaAllah. Okay. Huh? You don't, which one? You never understood it? I don't understand. Next chapter. Everyone understand that section, okay? So I'm going to just recap this section before we go to the next section. That section is talking about two types of loves. Okay? It's talking about two types of love. Something you love intrinsically, something you love because it's connected to something else. When it comes to things that are connected to something else, it's either you, the nafs loves it because it gives it less right now, or it doesn't care about what it feels right now, but rather because it gives it something later. And he says, this is where the imtihan comes. Because you have mahbub ilal mahbub, makru ilal makru, those are easy. The next two are the hard one. That's where you have to become intelligent and become have the qalb that's able to over, overpower the nafs. Okay. Now he moves on to something that's a very subtle but beautiful point. He moves on to something that's, it's a very subtle point regarding this muhabba. And it's, it's a subtle point. I, and inshallah, Allah give us tawfiq to truly understand it and what he's saying here. Let's listen closely to him inshallah. This is our last section, inshallah ta'ala. Yeah. Okay. He says... وَإِذَا كَانَ أَصْلُ كُلُّ عَمَلٍ مِنْ He's like, when you understand that love is the basis of every action, whether it is a righteous action or an evil action, once you understand that, first and foremost, whatever actions I'm doing, I'm doing it out of my love. فَأَصْلُ أَعْمَالِ الدِّينِ The basis of actions of the deen, prayer, Fasting, whatever it may be, is hubullah wa rasula. The basis of that is love of Allah and love of the Prophet. And he says, and likewise, the basis of all the statements of deen, like subhanallah, alhamdulillah, like the words and statements of deen, he says, the basis of those is tasdiqullah wa rasul. 
to believe in Allah and to affirm belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to affirm belief in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Stop here for a moment. I want to make sure we get it as we go forward. The basis of all actions is love. The basis of all actions in the deen is love of Allah and love of the Rasul. Then he says, and the base of all deeny statements is the base of that, all words of righteousness, is your tasdiq. Tasdiq, were any of you at Roots this week on Monday? Because he talked about this word in depth. Tasdiq, sadaqa yusaddiqu, Abu Bakr as-siddiq. Tasdiq means to believe in something, right? To have deep belief in something. Abu Bakr as-siddiq is called Abu Bakr as-siddiq. Why? When the Prophet ﷺ went for Isra and Mi'raj and he came back down and he started to tell the people what happened, some of the Kufar of Quraysh came to Abu Bakr and they're like, yo, guess what your, guess what your Prophet is saying? They're like, guess what he's saying today? He's like, oh, he said he went to Jerusalem last night. You believe him? So what did Abu Bakr radiallahu He's like, al-thawr, right away. He's like, of course, I believe even more than that. He, without even speaking to the Prophet, he's like, I believe even more. And then the Prophet said about Abu Bakr, he's the only one that accepted Islam without us. A thought. It's like right away, tasdiq. So tasdiq means to affirm something to be true. That's the word tasdiq. So anyways, he says the basis of, of dini statements, statements of the religion, the basis of that is this tasdiq in Allah and tasdiq in Rasul. Next point. Every desire, every desire that stops you from love of Allah and love of the Rasul, it clouds this. It clouds that love. It clouds it. It makes it. Uh, it disturbs that love. Every desire and and every doubt that stops your tasdiq. What was tasdiq? Belief. Like that's correct. I believe it. Every desire, every doubt. I'm sorry. That stops that, it attacks the basis of your faith. Let me stop here for a moment. He's saying two things you gotta pay attention to. Your desires are gonna directly affect and destroy your love of Allah and love of the Prophet. They will try to stop that. But there's something else too, your doubts. The doubts, what they're going to attack is the basis of your faith. Tamna'u kamalit tasdiq. It stops your, your tasdiq, your affirmation that this is true. So there's two things we're fighting against. Desire and doubts. Now listen. If these two things become stronger, what two things? Desires and doubts. If these two things become stronger, until they become as strong as your love, and as strong as your tasdiq, kanat kufra. It'll lead to kufra. I'll say that again. If those desires become strong, and those doubts become extremely strong, to the point where they're equal with love, and equal with tasdiq, uh, uh, that the next stage you're on the borderline of is kufr. Because they're, they're trumping them, they're overpowering them. He's like, but if they're not as strong as it, but they're there, he says, It like cuts at the perfection of it. It's like, it's not completely tearing it down, but it's hitting at it. It's hitting at it. It makes that iman weak. It'll make your willpower and your effort weak. So now, I don't feel like going for Isha. <laughs> Or I feel like it, but I can't go. Like the thing we talked about before, you'll lose that because of two things. That the, the desires, the irada, and the the doubts. So then he goes forward. He says, It becomes a, a hijab. It becomes a hijab for the one reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says next, He says, you can't claim to be a friend, a true friend, unless 
you have mu'adat, hatred as well. What does that mean? I'm going to say it again. فَلَا muwalat. Friendship up with Allah is not sound. إِلَّا muadat. Except with what? What are we saying? With hatred of things he hates. Huh? With hatred of everything he hates. Yes, he's coming back to that topic of al-bughdu wal-hubbu He's coming back to that now. He's like, you can't truly claim friendship unless it automatically, automatically brings with it a dislike or hatred. Now he gives some examples from the Quran, a few of them. Listen. Ibrahim says, have you not seen the thing you're worshipping? And that thing your parent, your forefathers are worshipping? What does Abraham Abraham say? What is it? My enemy. Who are we who's saying these words? No, what's Ibrahim's laqab, nickname? Khalilullah. Remember we talked about when you're a friend, the Khalilullah is using the word adu. Fahemt? Understand? So he's like, part of love, intrinsically built in that love, is that dislike and hatred. So he says, The Khalil of Allah could not have muwalat except by realizing hatred as well. He's like, there's no wila, wala bara'a. Bara'a means what I'm not associated with. Like, there's no way for me to be like, I roll with you, and I don't roll with them. I don't roll with them. That's not my crew right there. I roll with y'all. That's it. He's like, it's necessary. Right? Okay, he gives a few other examples where Ibrahim, um, Different examples where Ibrahim, with Qala Ibrahim li Abihi, when Abraham said to his father and his people, Innani Yo, I ain't rolling with y'all. I'm free of what you guys are worshiping. And so he, he goes forward to this, goes forward with this, and now he explains. He says, I He's like, he's basically saying in this statement that Abraham uh, he has this muwalat with Allah, this, this friendship with Allah, but he also explains that I'm completely free from anything worshiping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now listen to this. kalima la ilaha illallah. This is the basis of kalima la ilaha illallah. And he goes into what is this kalima? It's the, the key to Jannah. It is the uh, protection from the adab al-qabr. Uh, he goes on and on and on about this kalima la ilaha illallah. And he says, وَبِهَادَ It is the word that separates the fortunate from the wretched. Uh, it is the thing that separates the people of Darul Iman from Darul Kufr. He's like, this is that key statement. And now he says, but this statement up till now what we were just explaining was that Abraham not only showed that he loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there was nothing to him but Allah, but what he also showed was what he did not associate with, right? So what he's trying to say in this next paragraph is like the realization of your la ilaha illallah lies in how much you love what Allah loves and how much you hate what Allah hates. He's, that's what he's getting to right now, the realization of your la ilaha illallah. Like what he's gonna say right now is look, everyone says la ilaha illallah, right? Everybody says it. But he's like some people, their la ilaha illallah is dead. Because there's no soul to it. And he's like, what's the soul of it? The realization that I love everything Allah loves and I hate everything Allah hates. That's the soul of your la ilaha illallah. So what he says, I'm just going to jump straight to it. He says, right here, he says, this is the realization. When you realize that there is no fear except Him. There is no hope except Him. There is no repentance except to Him. There is no obedience except to Him. There is no seeking help except to Him. There is nothing except Him. He says, Bahada huwa tahqiq. This is when you realize what La ilaha illallah truly means. So now what he says? He says, Faminan nas. Mentakunu shahadatuhu meita. He's like, yo, 
Some of us in this gathering, some of us out there, our shahada is dead. It's dead. It has no soul to it. He says some of our shahadas are just sleeping. Just wake it up, it'll get up. It's just sleeping. He says some people's shahada is just laying down right now. When things get hype, it wakes up. Like, yo, what's up? I'm here. He's like, some people's shahada is almost standing up. He's like, the life of your la ilaha illallah in the heart is just like your soul in your body. I'm going to say that again. The life of your la ilaha illallah. Are y'all feeling me on this? Like, I said la ilaha illallah. But have I tahqiqed that? Have I realized la ilaha illallah? Okay, hold on. Let's talk about la ilaha, for, la ilaha illallah for a moment. Hold on. La ilaha illallah is, is such a beautiful statement because of the way the formula works. La raziq illallah. La ma'bud illallah. No provider except Allah. No sustainer Accept Allah. No help, accept Allah. No one who can cause punishment, accept Allah. He's like, once you realize truly what this statement means, it gives life to that kalima. And, and so he says, in your heart, the life of your la ilaha illallah is synonymous with the life that you have in your badan, in your, in your own body. Some people's souls are dead. Soul of what now? Yeah, the soul of the heart, which was? La ilaha illallah. You with me? The soul of the heart is la ilaha illallah. Nashat. It's not about saying la ilaha illallah. That's nothing. He says some people's la ilaha illallah is just dead. They don't, it doesn't mean anything to them. They don't love what Allah loves. They don't hate what Allah, Allah hates. So it doesn't mean anything to them. But he's like some people's la ilaha illallah is, is alive. And that's the key. That's the key. So he goes... Some people's souls are dead. It's like some people's just sick, yo. Some of us, we just sick, yo. We just come to the halakha, we just get in that medicine, man. Right? That's what we, we're, we're curing our hearts. Some of us, our ruh is closer to life. We're getting that life back. Um, and then he says, uh, the, he goes forward, The life of your soul is based on the life of these words. Just how the life of your soul is based on the presence of this, uh, of this soul inside of you. Fadman Asha. Last page, inshallah ta'ala. He says, Fadman Asha ala tahqiqiha. The one who lives with a realization of la ilaha illallah. So, realization of la ilaha illallah, we've already discussed, right? The one who lives this life with a realization of La ilaha illallah, wal qiyam biha, and lives with it, فَرُوحُهُ تَتَقَلَّبُ فِي الْجَنَّةِ That person's soul, while they're living, is in the gardens of Jannah. وَعَيْشُهُ أَتْيَبُ الْعَيْشِ Beautiful life, enjoying life. فَالْجَنَّةُ مَعْوَى يَوْمَ الْلِقَاءِ He says, Jannah is this place, person's place, when he meets Allah, and Jannah is their place right now. Like the life of that la ilaha illallah puts that person in Jannah while they're living. So in this section, basically, what he's saying is there's two Jannahs. And the one who realizes la ilaha illallah while they're living, lives in that Jannah right now. And the one who, that they see that other Jannah, but they live in that Jannah at this moment right now. And he mentions a few verses, uh, so he goes, going forward, just skipping this whole part here. He goes, فَالْمُؤْمِنْ مُخْلِسْ لِلَّهِ the, the mu'min that has realized this uh, ikhlas and truly understood la ilaha illallah, مِنْ أَطْيَ بِالنَّاسِ aishan Has the most beautiful life. وَنْعَنْعَمُهُ بَلَاءً وَأَشْرَحَهُمْ صَدَرًا The most open chest. وَحَاذِهِ جَنَّةُ الْعَاجِلَ This is the jannah Allah places a person in before they reach that true jannah. The one who realizes la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah at this point. Now you'll be able to understand this hadith. Rasul Sallallahu said, إِذَا مَرَرْتُمْ بِرِيَادِ الْجَنَّةِ 
Rasulullah he said to the Sahaba, he says, when you pass by the gardens of Jannah, make sure you pick some of the fruit. The Sahaba said, uh, I don't know about you, but I ain't passed no gardens of Jannah on my way to the masjid. I'm colloquializing it, right? Obviously. The Sahaba said, what? The Sahaba were like, Jannah. What, what, where are these gardens of Jannah in Medina? I haven't seen them. Rasulullah said, Hilaq al-Dhikr. These are the gardens of Jannah right here. These, Hilaq al-Dhikr, are gatherings of remembrance of Allah. These are, these are those gardens of Jannah. This is why the Rasulullah said, Bayna bayti wa minbari rawdati min riyad al-Jannah. So, so what are we talking about here? Let's backtrack just a little bit more inshallah. He's explaining how when a person has truly realized La ilaha illallah, they start to experience Jannah right here. When they start to see every sunset as a reminder of Allah. When they start to see every moment that they see beauty as a reminder of Allah, they, they start to experience Jannah at this, in this dunya. Fahamt? Now he says, the Prophet Sallallahu said to the Sahaba, when you walk past gardens of Jannah, pick from the fruit. They're like, yo, we don't, the gatherings, these gatherings are gardens of Jannah. Now listen to this next thing. He says, now you'll understand something else. When the Sahaba asked the Prophet Sallallahu about his continuous fasting. So the Prophet Sallallahu used to do something called Soma we saw, which means he would fast day after day after day. But it was haram for us to do. Like it's haram, it's not allowed for you to fast every day. But the Prophet used to do it. So one day the Sahaba, they asked him, they like, Ya Rasulullah, why are you doing this? You told us not to. Look what the Rasul says. He says, Inni lestu kahayatikum. I'm not like y'all. Inni adallu inda Rabbi. I spend the day with my Lord. Fayuta'imuni wa yasqini. He feeds me and gives me drink. Well, yo, Rasul says, I'm not like y'all. I spend my, my day with Allah. He gives me nourishment. He gives me drink. Rasul is telling us that what he gets of nourishment from his Lord suffices for physical nourishment. And this is something that was special for him, but it was a, a level that he reached through this tahqiq, this realization of what la ilaha illallah really means. Um, so he, he just gives a few examples through poetry uh, about that relationship. Um, and I think that is where we'll stop for today, inshallah. There's a little bit more but it's been about an hour, inshallah ta'ala, so um, I don't want to go too, too long, inshallah. Um, but basically in this section, um, just to recap, what he, what he was explaining to us in this first part are the two types of love. And understanding that there's one perfect love, there's one thing you love in and of itself. The other thing is the loves that you love for something unintrinsically, because of its relationship. The second thing that, the second chapter we studied is extremely important, and it's that aspect of realizing that along with wilaya comes mu'adat, right? And it's something that we don't like to talk about too much, but it's an extremely important part as Abraham goes, those things right now are my enemy. I, I don't associate with that thing. I'm disassociating myself with that thing. That's a part of la ilaha and then illallah. That la ilaha illa, that la ilaha is that disassociation. No, I don't roll with that. Illallah is that only love is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Now that second part that he brings up is I think very beneficial for us, which is you truly start to reach that level of realization of la ilaha illallah. When you reach that level of realization of la ilaha illallah, he's like, now you give your la ilaha illallah ruh. You give it a soul. You give it life. And the question I have for me and you and myself is how, where's my level of that realization of la ilaha illallah? Like, am I stressing that, that something's not going to provide for me? Am I worried about this thing? Like, all of those are signs that I haven't reached that true la ilaha illallah. Fahamt, inshallah? Any questions, inshallah?
Yeah. I'm going back to the desires and the... Desires and doubts. Yeah. Desires stopping love and doubts stopping just the affirmation. Do they have any connection, desires and doubts? No, I think they're two separate ways we get attacked. Yeah. Definitely two separate ways that we get attacked. Different types of darkness. The question is um, desires and doubts are the two things that uh, desi desires going at our love and doubts going at our tasdeep. Are they directly connected? And um, I think these are two separate. Some people are suffering deeply from doubts, right? And that has to be taken away in order for that tasdeep to be strong. And they might be like, nah, desires, I'm good, yo, right? And other people are like, nah, I believe. I believe, but that desires is just overpowering me, overpowering me. And for that person, the love of Allah just keeps getting pushed under the table. It gets pushed, pushed to the side. Good question. There was another question. Yes. Could you repeat the poem that Abu Hanifa said? Oh, he says, Uhibbu He asked to repeat the poem of Abu Hanifa, which talks about your love being more important than your actions. Your love being more important than your actions. Um, the poem was, minhum. I love the righteous people even though I'm not one of them. So perhaps through that love that I have for them, Allah will make me one of them. And, and to me, that was one of the most touching parts of what we studied today is because I just got to keep control over my heart that I love those righteous things. Right? And I build a hatred for those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. Now, obviously, guys, that doesn't mean like I'm walking around hating people. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Right? Huh? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, my better half was like, yo, it's the deed, not the person, right? We hate that action. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes that. The person, man. They say, like, Umar bin Khattab was, a, was chosen by Allah when he was still worshiping idols, man. Umar bin Khattab was chosen by Allah when he was still worshiping idols. He's a chosen person, right? So Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah, um, to have that love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, I, and I, I feel ending with this hadith, right? Like these are the places where we get that tahqiq of la ilaha illallah. These gatherings like that, this are the place where you get that realization of la ilaha illallah and give ruh. So you're la ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that, inshallah. Any other questions? All right, Allahumma. Yes, Nashad. I'm so sorry. Last question. What was that? Okay, it was called Som We Saad. We Saad. We Saw. The Rasul Sallallahu used to fast every day, every day. And when he asked why, he's like, I'm not like you guys. I spend my time with Allah. Allah feeds me. Uh, one more thing. Um, at the time of Dajjal, the same thing will happen to the regular believer. That their nourishment will be through that as well. Rasul Sallallahu said, you won't be able to eat regular food. They said, what will we do? They said, your subhanAllah will give you nourishment. Because they'll have tahqiq of la ilaha illallah. Y'all feel me? Like they will really see Dajjal. Like, y'all believe this for real. This ain't no joke now. So now when they say la ilaha illallah, subhanAllah, Rasul Sallallahu said that will nourish you at the time of the job. Because what doubt you have? You see the job like that. See him, yo. He's over there. <laughs> Alright, tell you, inshallah. See y'all next week. Oh, by the way, there's this program going on at Valley Ranch. I know maybe some of y'all saw me post something, got confused. Nah, I'm with y'all. Halakha must go on. Don't worry. You know, we got to hold down Arlington. I know some of y'all come from Richardson. But, you know, down south, we got to, you know, bring some newer, do something down here, right? So don't worry, this program is continuing going throughout the month, inshallah. Um, just probably the last Wednesday, you guys will have a special uh, guest come. So there'll still be a halakha here, but there'll be a special guest on the last Wednesday. I think it's the 27th or something. On the 27th, you'll have somebody else come through better than me. Drop something down, inshallah. So see y'all next week, inshallah. May Allah give us his love. Let's make a short du'a.
Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the realization of La ilaha illallah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us hearts that love whatever you love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever loves that are in our heart other than that, we ask you to take it out, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to take those loves out of our heart and replace it with a deeper, stronger love for you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us of those who whenever we pass by any of the gardens of Jannah, we pick from the fruit, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow us to keep coming to these gatherings, Ya Allah, and benefiting our souls and benefiting our heart and getting closer to Ya Allah and make it a means of your pleasure on Yom Al Qiyamah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhru da'wana anil Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah khair.